Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to have you in on a Tuesday. It's Hale Bar City Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark is in. We are loaded up. Mid Sherman joins us fresh off his state of the program story on Nebraska football with the athletic. We'll talk to Mitch about what he sees and what he heard from opposing coaches on the Big Red in 2022, where the state of the program is at. In Hour 2, Rick Kaczynski dives in. We talked some NFL draft with him. And, of course, uh, the additions potentially of some defensive line help for Nebraska. And uh, better call Saul. Mike St. James will be with us at 540, recapping Episode 3. So uh, if you haven't seen it or you don't want any spoilers, be forewarned. It was a, a sad episode last night, but again, a pretty riveting episode. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio, Chris Schmidt. Give Connor Clark a follow as well at C underscore Clark underscore 27. And can email Chris at Hale Varsity. Dot com. So there are some some terms and words used, and, and it's not bashing, it's not negative, it's it's objective. And you look at 2022 for Nebraska football after spring, you lose a guy that you were penciling in to start. He's not Warren Sapp, but he had experience, right? And and you've got a lot of new with Nebraska football, a new coordinator, a new quarterback, a new O-line coach, a new running backs coach, a new wide receivers coach, a new special teams coordinator, and a new defensive line coach. (laughs) That is a lot of new. You've got a restructured contract. You've got kind of a a deadline here by October because you got to do some early work to be bowl eligible You have to think for Nebraska in 2022. You're not getting any favors because guess what? It's another week zero for you. And you go to Ireland for kickoff. And then you close with Michigan and Iowa and Wisconsin. That's just part of life in the Big Ten. You've also had five years to get it done and get it going in the right direction And Scott Frost pointed out that, you know, momentum is going to be big, is very key for this football team. What what we don't know is the strides made behind closed doors by some of the young guys. 
we don't know how progress is going with some of your injured perceived starting tackles. And I'm going to take the player's word at it from a chemistry standpoint. I think they feel pretty good about chemistry. Now, how does NIL and Portal shake that chemistry up if someone that comes in is going to be making a ton of money, potentially, compared to somebody who's been sweating there for four and a half years and, oops, there goes your snaps. I don't know. I I, I don't know that it would be great, but it's not a unique problem to Nebraska. So all of these changes and shifts uh, going into uh, kind of a make-or-break year five, red flag warning, you bet. I mean, it doesn't sound ideal, but it's better than standing pat if you didn't like how things were going on the offensive line. If you didn't like how things were being laid down law-wise in the running back room. And with the departure of Coach Tuioti, well, at least he got Bill Bush now full-time versus the analyst role, and uh, you get him as a recruiter and a guy that is absolutely going to pay attention to detail. So field goals presumably will be made, punts will be made, kick returns and kickoff return options can be uh, – a plus to your offense and then kick coverage can be way better than it's been. And it's been a, uh, a loss or two for you during the frost era. So there's all of that laid out uh, from a patient standpoint, Nebraska's fan base. Your patience is very, very thin. If you are walking on ice, you're probably hearing a bit of cracking. It's not broken through. You're not screaming for help. But you're, you're wanting to see some results on field, and you want to see the team uh, deliver, which gets us to getting over the hump. Scott Frost on his radio show last night took a phone call from our old buddy Pete, and Pete asked him about, A, have you gone through and watched some of those heartbreakers last year? And, and, and Coach, that's his job to do so, so yes. Otherwise, it's straight up masochistic to uh, to watch all those heartbreakers uh, for your team. But you got to see what you did wrong and what can you do right. But Coach Frost's response to uh, to that getting over the hump portion of 2022. I've watched uh, all those games probably 50 times a piece. So, yeah, I, I relive it too often. Um, well, you know, what's interesting about it is it was kind of something different in every game. I mean, one game it was field goal and just an extra points, and another game it was a block punt, and another game it was punting the ball offline, and uh, another game it was a fumble on a two-minute drive and not scoring on the one. And it, it seemed like it was a few different things. And um, believe me, we've talked about it and are working on it. And I, and I think what we really need is just kind of the, the killer instinct to finish and um, you know, what's interesting about that is, is when you win a couple games and you get a, a little bit of belief, uh, that comes. And it's a chicken and the egg thing. you got to win to get the confidence. you got to have the confidence to win. Um, but we, we, need to, we need to get a little wind under our sails and, and start uh, rolling with some momentum. And um, something we haven't really been able to do yet and hope we can so that uh, a lot of those close games go our way. Cotter, let's dive into chicken or egg, right? It's it's a 
exhausting discussion, but it's necessary, and it's been the same discussion for a few years, even before you got to Nebraska as a student. I mean, the the, the programs just it, it's it's in. I mean, they're always crapping out at the craps table, right? You're on a run, you're on a run, you're on a run. Craps table, blackjack, whatever. And you keep betting more and more and more. And then you're about ready to hit the monster payoff and bang, the dealer rocks a 21 and you're cleaned out. To me, that that is the, the painting I have with Nebraska. And you go back to Oklahoma where they probably surprised themselves that they were in the game and they had a chance to win it. They took that, ah, hey, we're not too bad to Michigan State, and then they're 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 gutted by them by their own doing against Sparty. And then now they're now they're mad. And they go take it out on Northwestern. And then they they they, they dirt roll somebody and then they take that into Michigan and God, you get that Michigan win, it all pops. It, yeah. it absolutely pops. You're not sleepwalking first half against Minnesota. Maybe you find a way to close against Iowa. You're you're trading punches with Wisconsin. I mean, you had a really good offensive setup for Wisconsin, but it is. I mean, it's 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 a confidence to win, or you need to win to get confidence, and it comes down to chemistry. And and something else Scott Frost said last night was about you have certain rooms that have really good confidence and really good chemistry, and those rooms need to now kind of fan out to the rest of the team. And and that's what Coach Osborne talked about last week was how incredible his team's chemistry was. It wasn't just well, one side of the ball versus – no. I mean, it was, it was a group of a number of guys that had a similar to same goal where they wanted to go win. And, and I think you've got a, a group down there that, that want to win. They just don't – they just haven't. And it's, it's, it's uncanny how they haven't. So I don't think – I don't know that they're stuck in the here we go again. I think they just need something good to happen. And quite frankly, that, that Illinois start last year was the wrong foot to, to let doubt linger a little bit and I think you can have doubt linger you have a beat-up quarterback that's playing and you don't really have anything else to lean on offensively I think that's your difference this year is I think you're going to have a, a very confident offensive coordinator in Mark Whipple I think he's going to be confident in his system I think you have a confident offensive line coach and I think you have a running backs coach that is going to um, going to get the best out of his guys and, and be able to, to, to nail down. I think you're, you're going to upgrade. You have upgraded, and that's not a disservice to those that aren't here anymore. I think you've just gotten more experienced, better coaches, and I think that'll trickle down to your players. Yeah, and I think that you mentioned the, the here-we-go-again kind of mindset, too. I think they're starting to outgrow that because we saw that last year, and as you mentioned, they – they're close against Oklahoma, and then they lose because of their own doing against Michigan State. They take it out on Northwestern, and you saw the confidence start to build. And as what Scott said on his radio show is, well, you need confidence to win, but you got to win to gain confidence, right? And that's absolutely correct. And it's it's only a matter of time, I think, before 
this program starts to feel that winning culture and that confidence culture. But at the same time, you got to go out there and win ball games. And if you have that mindset of, oh, no, we've seen this before, it's not going to happen very often. But I, I think they're starting to outgrow that. I think we saw that a little bit last season uh, just because of how close they were. I mean, we've seen teams with better records than 3-9 and nine get absolutely obliterated by top 10 opponents, and that team was toe-to-toe with multiple of them. So I think that's that's a big reason as to why I think that this program is starting to outgrow it. Plus, you mentioned – it's it's a lot of veteran guys now, too, that are being brought in via portal or whatever, and I think that's going to help a lot with Scott Frost's team as well. That's tricky. That is absolutely tricky. You can go get talent, but from a chemistry standpoint, are you enhancing or subtracting? Are you getting a guy that just wants to go get numbers, or is he a fit with his teammates and, oh, yeah, can go get numbers and be a difference maker on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, a little bit from Scott Frost here uh, to that point of the, the new assistants that can make a difference here this fall. Uh, I'll start with Coach Whipple. Just really intelligent, really experienced, seen and done about everything there is to do in football, coached at every level. Um, I think his knowledge is going to add a lot to what we're doing. Um, you know, Mickey Joseph is a Husker. He's been here. Uh, he's done a great job recruiting and done a great job getting his room uh, improved. And he's just a positive guy around the building all the time. Uh, Donnie Riola has done a wonderful job already uh, with the offensive line. You know, that was that was a tough job to come into because the guys had a really good relationship with the last offensive line coach. Um, I don't think it took very long for them to buy in what Donnie was saying and doing. And the fundamentals that he's teaching, I think, have made us better. Um, and then Brian Applewhite uh, has been awesome. Um, you know, that room needed some discipline and, and uh, needed to improve. Uh, he's done a great job recruiting, done a great job with that room, and, and is another great influence for our whole team. So uh, it's a talented group of coaches, and, and we got to work hard to get everything together. That's it. you got to be able to put it together, and uh, we'll see if Nebraska can do that or not. Uh Easier said than done to slam it all together and and have it work in in short order time. Uh, We'll talk to Mitch Sherman here about uh, the state of the Nebraska football program. Uh, Rick Kaczynski is with us in an hour. Mike St. James on Better Call Saul. Couple of news and notes. One, you have a, a new defensive lineman in the portal. I have no clue. If uh, Nebraska will reach out, I would assume based on where they are at with the interior and because of the LSU connection, they will. But Joseph Evans has entered into the portal. Bruce Feldman tweeting that out. Uh, Evans, a defensive defensive tackle, has 10 career starts at LSU. Of course, Devin Drew set to maybe pull the trigger. The uh, timeline is Saturday for Mathis. From TCU, it's either Lincoln or Austin. So we'll see if, if that is something that can can happen. It is NFL Draft Week, so we'll spend plenty of time on that with Rick Kaczynski. He's put a lot of guys into the league. He's coached a lot of guys and get his perspective from a coach on that. And uh, one more noteworthy item when it comes to the running back room, DeAndre Jackson 
the transfer back from A&M who had committed to Nebraska in January, uh, will not, will not attend Nebraska after all. Uh, I have this report here from the uh, World Herald and Sam McEwen that uh, DeAndre Jackson tweeting this out around uh, noon today. No, I will not be attending Nebraska anymore, but thanks to all the fans for welcoming me. So there's that. Nebraska's got some options in that running back room right now. Uh, Nebraska could make an immediate transfer to Nebraska due to academic issues. He'll uh, return to the portal and look for a new school. Nebraska has five scholarship backs in the program and intends to to add two more. You have Johnson from Minnesota and uh, A.J. Allen at TCU transfer. So that is uh, how things shape up in the running back room. Mitch Sherman, the state of the Nebraska football program, from the Athletic next on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Hello, listener. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do. 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, pre-teen Swedish boy. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark, we welcome in Mitch Sherman from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, you fired up for some baseball tonight? I am. It's Tuesday, so we're going. We got some good weather and uh, looking forward to being under the lights. That'll be good, man. That'll be absolutely good. Mitch, you uh, published today the uh, state of the program on Nebraska football through The Athletic. And question I have for you is this, and it kind of struck me. I'm driving home from from Junior's game last night, and you know, I got ESPN Radio on, and and I, you know Steve Nash is talking to the media after <laughs> the Nets get swept. And I'm not a huge NBA guy, but you know Steve Nash doesn't sound real thrilled, real happy, kind of dead man walking type deal. And and he was touching on the fact that you know he was hoping that all the adversity they they experienced, they would be able to 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 learn from that and use it right and i got to thinking that sounds like somebody we've we've watched on the football field and, and i want to start there as much as adversity and, and bad breaks as nebraska has gone through for the last several years but specific but specifically last year you know the question i have is are they poised to to learn from it and move on from it here for 2022 well, that's an important question that I don't know that I have an answer to. Uh, I, I think that they've made moves that allow this team to be in a position to do that, but execution has never been the easiest thing mm-hmm. 
for Nebraska in recent years, and they've got to go out and 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 you know follow through on that on that idea on that plan to improve uh, and learn from the mistakes and and you know the the, the pitfalls that that bit this team a year ago, and not just a year ago, but in 2020 and and on back. I you know I think um, we tend to overlook at times just how maybe maybe you don't maybe I don't but I I get the sense from some of the narratives that I hear around Nebraska that there is a there is a a danger you know there's a possibility that some people are overlooking uh, what I think will prove to be a a, you know a big hurdle for this team and, and it's it's replacing the amount of talent that is gone from last year, you know, from a team that came close so many times, but didn't get over the hump. And, you know, I'm not talking necessarily about the guys who've left for the portal, although there are some obviously important pieces there. Uh, I'm talking more about the names that you're going to hear in the NFL draft on Friday and Saturday. And beyond that, that the players who will, will have opportunities to sign as, as free agent. I, I think Nebraska could have seven rookies on NFL rosters, maybe even eight in, in July and August. Um, probably not all on the 53 man uh, units, but um, sev- you know, several upwards of five or six and, and some practice squad guys they haven't had that kind of talent loss to the NFL in a long time. And while that is a good sign for the development that has occurred in the program, it's not easy to overcome. I think there were times in the spring when that was pretty plain and simple and clear to see. And, you know, it shouldn't be overlooked as we go through the summer and get ready to, uh, you know, bring in the season in August. The thing that Nebraska has not been is a team that just, like you and I watched growing up or even covered early in our college career, they just reloaded. Right, you looked back to, to some of the teams we saw in our teens and in our twenties. They just reloaded NFL talent with NFL talent that were developed. And if if they if they took a year to season, it was still a, a ten and two year. You're talking three and nine. And by the way, you could have eight guys on NFL rosters next year. What do you what do you what are you plugging and playing? And I don't know that that's going to be easy. Mitch, as as you dove into this state of the program i want to focus on the opposing scouting report were you surprised at at some of the narrative towards nebraska by opposing coaches not so much you know i I think nebraska's had an opportunity for this isn't the first or second or third or fourth go around in the big 10 and i think there was a a grace period for Nebraska where others in the league expected that there would be some struggles and Nebraska would figure some things out and then mesh with the big 10 style of play and become, you know, one of the pieces, mm-hmm. if, if not a, uh, you know, one of the, one of the, the, the major pieces, if not a, uh, you know, a piece on the, a player on the national stage, um, you know, like you see annually with, Ohio State and certainly did last year with Michigan and have with Penn State, Wisconsin, and Iowa at times. If not consistently something like that, um, I think there was an expectation around the league that Nebraska would find its way to being uh, prominent um, and competitive at all times in the Big Ten. And Nebraska was competitive 
in 2021. But that's not always been the case, and we know that there have been difficult losses. And really, when those close losses stack on top of each other one after another, um, you know, it becomes something where it seems like the Huskers are destined to lose those games. And all of that, I think, leads to a little bit of a lack of um, – there's a lack of belief in what's happening in Lincoln, that they're going to get it figured out. And I heard that. Definitely heard that in some of the analysis that was gathered for this piece as part of all of the the state of the program stories that we're doing. And they started this week. Nebraska was number two nationally on the the docket. Um, All all of them will have that that scouting report, that opposing coach coaches breakdown. And yeah, it was, it was kind of negative with what I heard about Nebraska, but I think that's just the product of being 15 and 29 in the last four seasons. Mitch Sherman's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, uh, state of the program. Mitch, uh, when we talk about confidence and uh, the chicken or egg, Coach Frost touched on that with a, a caller last night in his radio program. He's also pretty upbeat with, with just some of the new hires and how that's worked out so far through spring. My question with Nebraska, though, is, and this this is off of what Coach Osborne talked to us about last week, and is chemistry. How do you how, do you have a gauge at all what what either sources say or just you covering the football uh, team as long as you have? Do you think chemistry is in a good spot here moving forward? Well, you you um, continue to hear. Frost uh, talk about marrying multiple schemes on the offensive side. And, you know, if they're still having those conversations in September, um, then I think that's a concern. Um, I think the way that this needed to be approached was, um, was to, to allow them to, to mesh and be married as one scheme uh, by the time Nebraska got, into the second half of the off season. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're right there. This is tomorrow is four months from the opener today is four months from uh, four months after the, the, the last game of the season against Iowa. So we're, it's halftime right now. Mm-hmm. And we're going out for the third quarter with this team of, of, of the off season, which is hugely important for that chemistry piece for um, not just meshing Frost's offense with Whipple scheme, but also, you know, bringing in these new coaches, making them, making the players comfortable under them. Um, and, and then the transfer part of it is, is also a challenge with chemistry. Uh, they need to have strong leaders. And you heard Frost talk about the unity council in his, his monthly radio uh, bit la- last night. Um, and I, I think they're strong um, it, with that part of, of the program. They do have some good leaders. Um, those guys need to you know, need to do their jobs as leaders in the way, really, that I think the group did last year. I, I don't blame the leaders for the close loss. You know, I think those came down to little things. Often it was special teams. Um, you know, and that is a culture thing. But um, I, I think that the, the players who were who were put in the position to lead generally did that and did it well in 2021. I think if they can get that to be a repeat in 22 and then fix some other areas, there is the possibility that they can, they can show a lot of improvement this year. But um, yeah, the chemistry thing is, is big. And, and, you know, my sense is that there's work to do, that there's a lot of work to do to get them back to a place 
um, where you know where they where they're they're walking out of that walking out into that stadium on August 27th and feeling confident uh, about themselves as as one unit as one team that is uh, that is that is filled with chemistry and, and unified and ready to go win games. Mitch, uh, Saturday, a big day for Nebraska. O'Shawn Mathis makes his call. Of course, his uh, documentary on YouTube um, over the weekend, Devin Drew had a good visit. We'll see if he pulls the trigger. Uh, I know I think uh, Bruce Feldman from The Athletic tweeting out that Joseph Evans Mm -hmm. is now in the portal from LSU. He started 10 games at defensive tackle for the Tigers. I bring that up just because of Nebraska's LSU connections, of course, on staff. But um, three names, Nebraska's going to have to go to the portal. Do you do you worry about NIL fundage being an issue in the locker room? You know, that's something that every team's going to have to deal with. Um, it's not unique to Nebraska. Um, I, I, so, but but yes, there's there's. There's definitely concerns there. Uh, I, I, I don't know. You know, you have to have a strong. Again, it goes back to the, my answer to the last question mm-hmm. about having strong leaders and having chemistry. And you've got to have that. You've got to have people with selfless attitudes. They have to put some of that aside, and that's easier said than done. I don't think it's easy for it's for adults to, no. to put that kind of thing aside in the in the workplace. If you've got a transfer coming in who is getting six figures just to sign, you know, through booster pay and, and um, you know, these things that are, are above board and legal now in college sports. And there's, there's veteran players, you know, who are wondering, Hey, where's mine. That definitely has the ability to be a disruptive force. And, you know, Scott Frost understands that and, you know, has talked really anytime he's been asked about NIL uh, about just, just the, the, um, tumultuous nature of the environment that it's going to create. So that's, you know, that's a thing where I think if you're winning games and you're feeling good about the team, um, it's not going to be as much of an issue, but you may see this around the sport. Um, You know, we'll see, this is new. Um, You may see around the sport that when teams start to crumble, uh, when teams start to struggle, that it dominoes in in a way that seems faster, um, that, that, that uh, gets out of hand uh, more than it has in the past. And, and, a, and a part of that, um, I think, we'll, we'll, you can trace to some just natural divisions that could exist in the locker room because of the discrepancy in what players are earning. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah, not something that uh, coaches of previous generations have had to deal with, but it's a reality now. Mitch, great stuff. Uh, everyone read Mitch's uh, state of the program on Nebraska with The Athletic. Mitch, we'll do this again. Thanks for uh, jumping on with us today. Okay, thanks a lot, Chris. Take care. Hello, listener. This is Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to let you know about a special deal just for listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast. We're offering $10 off the annual subscription price of $29.99. That means that you, for less than $20, Get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe. 
promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. We'll stay with the topic of chemistry for a moment before we dive into <laughs> what was the NBA championship favorite, i.e. the Nets, to the most colossal disappointment. But if you were smart with your money, you knew that you had warning sides and storm clouds associated with uh, that team. Going to go into some of the, the anonymous comments on Nebraska and Frost real quick when it comes to uh, the state of the program, the opposing scouting report, quick snippet out of Mitch's story, but plenty more for you to dive into. Nebraska's lost 25 or 35 Big Ten games. Uh, understandably, as a result, some coaches around the league view Nebraska as a troubled program. There's uh, This is a quote. There's a lot of unraveling that's taken place, a Big Ten assistant coach said, and then try to mend that together and piece it together with an entire new offensive staff. I don't know. That same assistant said there's he's regularly impressed with Nebraska's talent. They've got some dudes. And then the other question is this. When it comes to the offseason, that includes the hire of Whipple, who coached Kenny Pickett. And uh, Whipple resigned days before taking the Nebraska job in December. If you're a player, you'd have to think, why would Mark Whipple come to us after coaching one of the best quarterbacks in the country? It's just bizarre. That's how I would describe everything you got there. That's gone on. Just bizarre. You've got receivers that are leaving. You've got a quarterback that's left. You have coaches that are leaving. And the Huskers were perhaps not as close to as a breakthrough last season as they wanted to believe. They'll hang their hat on the fact that they lost all those games by single digits. That's the culture. Yeah, we were three and nine. Yeah, we were one and eight, but we lost all those games by one score, and we're right there. You can make the argument they're a long way from being there just because of the little things. So here's the difference. If we look at why things will work in 2022, the changes you made are to correct the little things. Because Mickey Joseph is about little things that become big things. Mark Whipple is a, an attention-to-detail drill sergeant. Riola with the fundamentals and getting in on that with the offensive line can be a difference. Applewhite the same. And we all know special teams and the little things there, the direction you punt a football, where you kick the football at where you line up to recover or receive a a punt. The safety at Illinois, for God's sake. I mean, right? If, if, If Scott went out and traded guys that were not as detail oriented or maybe just as a personality, he's not as detail oriented as he needs to be as a head coach, 
Well, as a CEO, you can go out and hire, step back and say, we need to be better here, 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 and here. And you go get guys that are more detailed than you, but they still work for you. So the overall result is you as the head football coach have a winning program and you compete for the West. Uh, The guys that work for you and with you are the difference makers when it comes to details because details were getting missed or not executed when you're trying to, to be the head coach and also call plays. Makes sense? Well, yeah, and I want to go back to that the part of that quote about the culture because, okay, 3-9, you lost every game by one score basically. But at the same time, if you're a coach, what do you like what else do you want their culture to be? Because you want to have a winning culture in some way, shape, or form. So if you're if your message to the players and to the other people on the staff is okay, we're right there, I would say that's a positive message, right? It is. I mean, what are you going to say though? Well, I, my my point being is saying you're going to blow we went, up. We you're lost nine up. games last year. What's the point of being here? Like, obviously, your coach is not going to say that. Mm-hmm. So. It, might as well just say, okay, we're close, and get people to buy in. Because nobody's going to buy in if you're saying, oh, we lost nine times last year. We're hopeless. So what, what's, where's, what's the reality? Are they close? And if you're close, is the tweak? And Scott touched on tweaks versus wholesale change, right? I mean, he got into that. He's like, it's, it's worked before. It'll work again. It's proven. You know, it worked at Oregon. It's worked at Central Florida. Listen. I think there are elements of what you want to do that can work. But I think the, the, the good news, if you're a Nebraska fan, is, is you've got a guy that can come in and, and just kind of take over on offense. This is what I'm going to do, and this is how I'm going to work together with the offensive line and the running backs coach. Right? I mean, we're, we're going to be a – uh, the old uh, Phil Jackson triangle here, <laughs> okay? I'm a fan. Uh, well, so was I. It was it was good. So I, I think I think that's that's good for Nebraska. Uh, you got a year to make it work. You got six games to make it work. Not much to get in. You want to chime in? It's four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Can email Chris. At HailVarsity.com can also find and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio or at C underscore Clark underscore 27. Let's sneak in a phone call. Who do we have? We've got John on the line. John, go ahead. John, you got about a minute and a half. Uh, Go for it. Yep, I'll make this short. Smitty, who were our captains last year for football? Uh, You would ask. Uh, (laughs) You know, I, I think it was Cam. Right, Jurgens, yep. Cam Taylor, Britt, uh, Austin Allen was one, yep. and who else am I missing? Uh, defensive lineman, yep. Stilly. Yep, yep, that's exactly right. Who, what guys hit the transfer for hit the NFL earlier, left our program? All of them. All of them. So you except, tell me except, we had a good except, culture except, last year. Except Stilly. You yeah ex- exactly. You tell me why we lost a bunch of. Close games last year. I don't know. All, I don't. Most I, of those John, guys are Husker guys. No, they are. And I'll say this: I think a lot of those guys are, would have been going into their fifth or sixth year. 
I think right. I think the warning sign was, dude, we had a number of guys come back for a sixth season and they went three and nine and it was yep. painful. I'm out. I think that's yep. more of it than anything. I don't think they're bailing. I think they they absolutely put their time in. John, I got to run. Good phone call, though. Appreciate the question. We'll uh, wind down this first hour. You can uh, dial up if you want, 466-3776. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. This hour, Rick Kaczynski with us, and then Mike St. James will talk some better calls. Saul, I dive into uh, Chuck Barkley here, too, his take on... Kevin Durant, reminder, reminder to get buckled up. And uh, hands on the wheel, eyes and mind straight ahead. The driver's got one job to drive, a message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So, uh, good stuff from John. And uh, he was asking about who the captains were and uh, was wondering, okay, who are the captains and, and why did they leave? Uh, and I think those guys had done their time. And quite frankly, it probably felt like doing some time three and nine. I, I think they looked at at the guys that came back before him for an extra season and, and how gut-wrenching it was. I think they tried to move the program forward, though, Connor. Uh, honestly, I mean, and you're going to have, and in mention that we were talking about this a little bit earlier with Mitch Sherman, you're going to have maybe five to, to eight guys on rosters drafted or preferred free agents for the first time in a long time for Nebraska. So you had, ta- you had talent, <laughs> you had returning quarterback, and and you still go three and nine. But against that schedule, you were you were right there. Um, but it was it was maddening at some point. In this goes to the bigger discussion of, of getting over the hump and and belief to get it done well yeah and i apologize somebody called over the break his name is escaping me already but no, the getting, captains for last year were ctb daniels allen and adrian martinez both all of which who are not here anyway but. so i was so so cam jurgens was not a captain huh correct okay austin allen was though yes yeah so it was cam taylor Britt, damian daniels austin and then adrian. allen adrian martinez okay well, I was off. Forgive me uh, on there, but usually you've got a you had a line, you had a defensive lineman and an offensive lineman, and you had Damian. We talked to Damian a little bit earlier today. We'll hear our conversation with Damian tomorrow, as he's uh, hoping to hear his name called or get an opportunity as a free agent. Uh, and yeah, and that's in uh, Cam Taylor Britt. Adrian's gone. And then you had Austin Allen. We talked to Austin last Wednesday, and and he's uh, a guy that really kind of left it all on the field. I think all the guys did, and I think you just they were they were over it and done, ready to move on. And they, they'd all put in time. And you get the pause and the extra year of eligibility with uh, with COVID, and uh, you go three and five, and then three and nine. That's, uh, that's that's pretty tough. Can it be different? Will it be different for Nebraska football in um, in 2022? But good stuff from from Mitch Sherman and uh, his story, the state of the program. It's it is fragile. It is absolutely fragile because 
of of the need to win now but i don't i don't know that it's already in pieces you're hoping that the the new guys you brought in can can make immediate impacts that's a big ask but i think with the experience that some of them have and some of the talent on the roster i think you can pull a rabbit out of your hat uh, time will tell with it though and mitch nailed it you're starting the third quarter right now of the offseason as you get ready for Ireland and Northwestern. What's Rick Kaczynski think, NFL Draft, and uh, how close is Nebraska? We'll talk to Kaz next. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's Hale Varsity. Dot com backslash subscribe promo code GBR. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402 466 ESPN or 1 800 825 5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery into Hour 2. It's a Tuesday with Kaz. We say hi to Rick Kaczynski, defensive line coach, Nebraska and Iowa. Kaz, what's shaking, man? I'm still smiling at uh, Junior's uh, Jack, uh, you know, blackjack performance, man. Uh, you got to be smiling as a Tiger fan back in the day when old Jack would take the hill. I'm a proud dad, so let me hyperbolize for a minute. <laughs> Yeah, you should be, man. So it's good to hear, man. You know, so that's, uh, you know, and you got to have that mentality, as you know, when you're on, uh, when you're on that, on that mound, it's a little bit different. It's, it's, uh, even though it's a team game, there's individual aspects to it. And, uh, you know, that's why it's, it's a great game, just like wrestling's a great sport and all those other individual sports. So yeah, man, it's a heck, it's a heck of a deal, man. But I, I know how you feel. You're, kind of twisting and turning with with every single pitch yeah. I, i'm off by myself man <laughs> i'm not sitting yeah, yeah, with I the off, family i went off by myself uh <laughs> i went uh i went off by myself this 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 weekend here at old travel ball so yeah i would have got a, i would have got i would have got 15 might have got two 15s might have got two 15s if i was on the sidelines not <laughs> that's pretty good I, I don't know much, but I know a little bit about coaching. I know a little bit about coaching. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't. So uh, I kind of I, I gave my opinion. That's what I'm gonna do, Schmidt. Right? I'm gonna give opinions, brother. Do it. I, I I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm anxious to. You know, you've had a number of guys that that had their dreams fulfilled this week. When I start off with the NFL draft and. You know, uh, from a coaching standpoint, what's that like for you? Uh, you know, we've talked to a lot of players that, that have been drafted or hope to get drafted, and they'll hear their name or they'll sign a free agent deal, and they get to continue doing what they love, and 
they're good at. And on your end, what's what's the um, what's the emotion like for you? You know, guys yeah, that you care that's, about. That that's that's the reward. I mean, uh, that 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 is the that's the reward. I mean, that's that's why you do it, man. You know, matter of fact, I had this conversation uh, a little bit earlier today, about two thirty. Uh, Easter time, I was talking with an old uh, old ball coach from Chicago, coached the offensive line at Fenwick High School, big powerhouse mm-hmm. there. And uh, Jimmy and I were talking, and you know, we were talking about how you know a lot of guys do drills that that make the best guys better, and how you know we 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 teach fundamentals, you know, we block people, we do drills against people. Football is the hardest hardest game that to simulate it's impossible you know you can you can drive by a playground see 10 guys playing hoops you know you can uh, see kids in the park playing baseball um you can see two guys in a street fight boxing i said but you know you're never going to see 22 guys with full equipment in the back of somebody's yard playing football knocking the hell out of each other so it's really it's really impossible to simulate the very unnatural game um, so you got to teach drills and you got to teach the game a certain way. And, um, and, you know, when you get into this, you don't get into it for money. Um, I guess a lot of guys do now just because it pays. But, you know, I think every guy on the Iowa staff had, had all coached high school football, including Kirk, um, had all had one double A jobs. Reese Morgan was a high school football coach, I think, for 20 years. Um, you know, so you go down the list of guys, guys, that's how guys came up. Uh, you coached high school. Um, and then, you know, if you're fortunate enough and you didn't have a family, you didn't have debt, you know, you could go work for free. You became a GA and those types of things, man. But, uh, so when you see a kid, when you see a kid become successful, it's no different than seeing your own kid have success, man. Um, in that just you want to see people do better than you uh, and to see kids, especially where they come from. And when you start talking to them when they're sophomores and juniors in high school and they're baby face and you see what they overcome. And then, you know, you see what they're able to do for themselves and their families. And, and, and what I said today with my friend that coaches high school ball and um, you know, he, he he does it for a hobby. He does it not a hobby. He does it because he loves it. Uh, you know, he's a Notre Dame grad from the '80s, and and it, that's what it's about. It, it's about see, it's about seeing the reward for the kids, not 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 you. Um, and when you're able to do that, just it just makes you feel good and reminds you this is this is why you do it. You know, it's not. I don't. I never really cared how Malik Collins or Randy Gregory or Adrian Claiborne, or Mitch King, take, or Aunt Carl Klug, Mike Dan. I, I, I could care less what those guys thought of me when I was coaching them. All right? But I can tell you what they did know, that I got their ass ready to play. Them dudes were ready to play, especially at Iowa. Them dudes were ready to play every game. There wasn't, there wasn't a game they weren't ready to go. And those dudes knew if I was going to ask from the commitment from them, and the demands from them, the same should be accepted from me. And that was always my approach. That was the approach from Coach Holtz, Joe Moore, Coach Ferentz, all the guys that I learned and put Bo coached for and played for. That that was 
that was the that was the approach. And and there was no way in hell that I was going to let a guy be average. There was no way in hell that I was going to let a guy when he was 40 come back to campus and have regrets on what he left on the table. So that was my job. Does it work out all the time? Some guys you just can't, you know, it's like cool hand loose. Some guys you can't reach mm-hmm. and, you know, then they go complain on Twitter and everything else. But you know what? The players know. And that's the great thing about football. The players know. You can go on Twitter and say I'm a jerk or this and that. Guess what? The players know. They know. Right? The guys, you can't hide in football. You know, there's a kid at Iowa. He's a tough guy uh, on the computer. And quite frankly, he wasn't really good enough to play there. And 12 years later, he became a tough guy behind the screen. Saw him in person a couple times, never had anything to say. I can tell you this, the players do not respect him. The guys I coach don't respect him. So that's what it's about, man. It's about respect. It's about what your teammates think about you. Um, And, you know, when you see that success, you know, as a coach, um, you know, you're not, it's not a, it's, it's not a popularity contest. It's like a parent committee. You're not, you're not friends with junior. I mean, Victor's my boy. Junior's your boy. I ain't friends with him, man. You know, I wasn't friends with him on Sunday. I can promise you that he had to find a way home. Now he played good. He played good, but his team stinks. His team stunk. And I told him, I don't want to be around a loser, man. And what I saw from my kid on Sunday and from his team, that losing was okay. Losing was okay. And, and, and let me tell you, bro, losing ain't okay with me. So, so you know, I think Malik Collins likes me, <laughs> especially after his last deal. You know, I hope, I hope, Rand, I think I taught Randy Gregory a few things. Uh, they, you know, uh, I think, I, you know, Adrian Claymore, I think I taught him a few things. Um, Mike Daniels, you know, so that's what it's about, man. I, I really don't care what you know, some clown uh, behind a cyber mustache thinks or anything like that. I, I, I care what the players think. Um, and I got a lot more that I think respect me than, than don't. And that's what it's about, man. I mean, that's, that's, that's really what it's about. So, I mean, hell, I remember a couple of those kids getting drafted, man. It, it, uh, it brought tears to my eyes because I knew, I knew it was going to change them, their lives and their children's lives that weren't born yet Mm -hmm. and their mom's lives. You know, I mean, look, Malik Collins, Malik Collins, dad died of a heart attack. I think when he was five years old, single mom, community raised him, worked his tail off. You know, football was a vehicle for him to get an education and for him to take care of his family. And and that, that is, that's why there's nothing better than college athletics, man. So, you know, I know that's long-winded, no, brother, but that's... there ain't anything better. It's like, it's like honestly, it's no different, Schmidt. It's the same feeling you get when Junior's on the mound, mm-hmm. you know, and pitches a shutout. It's, 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 it's that feeling, you know. It just makes you feel good about uh, having a small part in their success. Rick Kaczynski is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Good insight. Uh, perspective uh, from uh, the, the coaching side of things when it comes to the NFL draft, Kaz, and that's really cool uh, to to uh, to to be a part of that on your end for so many guys. Want to get your take? Uh, state of the program, a friend of the show, Mitch Sherman, on with us earlier, and Mitch uh, Mitch works for the Athletic, and and it's kind of the annual review, state of the program. Uh, with Nebraska football and Coach Frost had his his uh, monthly radio show last night and 
a lot of different things were hit on post spring ball, but the topic of chicken or egg, right? When we talk about close losses for Nebraska and uh, getting confidence and, you know, what, what happens first? Closing out, getting a killer instinct to, to win one of those close games or, or, or having confidence because you were in one and then kind of using that adversity to correct the next time you're involved. I ask you because you guys had a lot of close games in Big Ten action and you won more than you lost. You did pretty well, specifically in road ball games, quite honestly, when it looked pretty bleak, you guys found a lot of ways to win. I think of Michigan, I think of Penn State, I think of Michigan State, I think of Northwestern specifically, some classic ball games. And from your vantage point, was was it something the coaches helped instill, or did you did you guys have a collection of guys that just kind of had that losing ain't okay mentality? Well, you know, I mean, that, it's always a really difficult question to answer and it, and it's and and nobody ever really gives an answer because it it's very it's very abstract there's a lot of things that go into it um obviously having guys that've been there been in those situations it helps but i also been a part of young teams and been a young player mm-hmm. that beat veteran teams and and i think what you know, when you when you talk about close games yeah i think you have to you have to look back i mean you have to look back i think too at the games you won and what what did you do in those games? And, and I think that that's the mistake you can't make uh, is always looking at always looking at what you didn't do. Okay, what 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 did we do in these games that we won? Because there's no there's not a whole lot of luck in football. All right, it just doesn't it just doesn't you 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 make your way in football. Um, so there's not a whole lot of luck involved, you know. Sometimes the ball here and there, it might bounce your way maybe once or twice a game, but it's gonna it's gonna bounce their way once or twice a game also. So you know, I think what we did always for all, you know, Coach Holtz, Coach Ferris, well, what did what did we do? Okay, what did we do, guys? We didn't turn the ball over. Okay, how were we on third down? Uh, what were we? What did we do when we were backed up? You, you, so you look at those situations and you practice those situations. And once again, you can't simulate those things, but there's everything's so tied together. You know, it's so important to put pressure on the offense backed up. You don't. We don't need the score. What we need you guys to do is get a first down. So understanding that, guys, you can't go three out if they if they if they down us inside the two and we go three and out and they're. And we punt. They're going to have the ball at the between the 35 and the 40 mm-hmm. if they get a return. So guys, get a first down. So it's it's just those little things, guys. Okay, hey, we're backed up. Let's get a first down. That's the goal, not to score, not to go 99. Get a first down. So you kind of you you, you compartmentalize things in different parts of the field in different phases of the game, and you try to put that pressure on those guys, and yeah got to get them to understand the situation you got to hey defense it's fourth and one if we get the ball back we win the football game we get the, we win the football game you know if you jump off sides if you jump off sides and they get a first down you're coming out you are coming out of the game period end of story and you will not play and you will not you know so it's just kind of taking those things you're taking those things in the tight games but even those games Schmitty, that you know, you might win by two or three scores. They're a lot tighter than you think. 
they're a lot tighter there than you think than for the duration of the game. If you look at the history of, you know, if you look at Nebraska, uh, you know, when we were there and when Coach Riley was there and Coach Frost was there, very few blowouts, right? Mm-hmm. Very few blowouts. I mean, you even look at that Fordham game. That game, that team hung around for a little bit in the first half, right? And then the, then the gates just kind of open, right? But that's rare. That might happen once or twice a year. But usually, you know, if you're a Power 5 team and you're playing in a Power 5 conference and you're playing against well-coached teams like Nebraska is, every game's going to be tight. Every single game's going to be tight. So I think it's just having – does experience help? Absolutely, 100%. But I think it's just putting those guys in those situations, understanding the importance of their job and why. It's no different than coaching a position. The D-line had to know how we were supporting the football. They, so they knew how they fit. And if they fit incorrectly, how we were breaking down. They had to know what coverage we were in based on how we were rushing. They had to know what side, what hash the ball was on based on tendencies. Know the down, you just, you know what, it's a checklist. And it's no different than when you're going on vacation, when you're going to work, right? When, when everything, if you own a business, you got, when you're doing your taxes, you got a checklist. And now, does that, does that, does that prevent you from making mistakes? No, but it prepares you. It gives you, at least gives you a chance. So, I think the, the, the really good staff that win close games, you know, they got those checklists. They've talked about those situations. It's not one play. It's not this play. It's not that play. You know, it's, it's that checklist over that course of the game. Pardon the interruption, but I'd like to save you some money. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity. And I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. A few more minutes. Rick Kaczynski's with us here. Hail Bar City Radio. The topic of Nebraska football, how they get better in 2022 in close ball games. What are you doing? Okay, now we're in this situation, guys. What do we talk about when we're in this situation on offense when we're backed up? What do we got to do? We got to get a first down. So you've got 11 guys knowing we got to get a first down. Hey, defense, what do we have to do if, 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 if they get the ball in the second half, you know what's important, guys? If we get a three and out, look at the statistics, Schmitty, the percentages. If, if in a one-score football game, if the opponent gets the ball in the, to start the second half and you, get a, and you get a three and out, the chances of your team winning in a one-score game go up exponentially, right? I don't have the exact numbers. I don't want to be a BSer. But it goes up. So those are the things that you talk about, right? So then you have that mentality amongst the group. And you've got 11 guys thinking the same way, focusing the same thing on that checklist, checking those boxes in those specific situations. So, you know, did it always work out? No, but that's football, man. That's football. That's the great thing about it. That's why, that's why sub-talented teams, sub-part-talented, beat good teams sometimes because it's that focus because it's that checklist, because it's that how they handle those situations. So I, I think when it comes down to 
to close games, you got to be talking about it. It's it's not a play here and there because both teams get a play here and there. Both teams get luck here and there. Both teams get a bounce. So it's really what's happening, happening over that course of the game. It's it's that first drive of that second half. It's when you're backed up. It's when you got them backed up. Understanding those situations and everybody being on the same page. Rick Kaczynski is with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, a uh, uh, thought, it's been a while since it happened, but get your reaction uh, from afar uh, on Casey Rogers, Nebraska losing a guy they were probably penciling in on the interior with this portal. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean that, that's what kills you. That's what kills you with this portal because it's not – it's just roster management because I, I got a feeling that they didn't anticipate it. You go through spring ball, you're feeling really good about yourself. You come out, you know, you get on the road recruiting and you got a guy that you're counting on that, that's in the portal, man. That's, I, 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 don't think that, I don't think that's fair to the kid. I don't think that's fair – to the staff, I don't think it's fair in football right now. I mean, I know obviously it's the wild, wild west. People are going to take advantage of the situation, but I mean, how how do you, how do you have a how do you manage a roster? Good I question. Mean, yeah, you know, imagine you know, imagine in 2013 if hey, we come out of spring ball and I lose Vincent and Malik. I mean, we're we're you know we're, we go from from winning nine games and having a chance to. Uh, win our side of the division in November to probably be in a, a six, seven win football mm-hmm. team, you know, and, and that, that's just difficult. I don't know how you coach, man. I, I, I honest to God. I mean, that, that's just ridiculous. I mean, you can, you can, you can do everything you want. You know, you can tell a kid whatever he wants to hear. You can coach him up, but if, when a kid's going to make a decision, he's made a decision. And um, I, I just, there's got to be some type of timeline. There's got to be some parameters put on this NIL or on this, on this transfer portal. Cause it's just absolutely, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, you're the D line coach and you just lost a guy and now you got to go find a guy. I mean, come on, man. That's just, it's just, it's just not right. There's got to be, got to be some parameters set and it's got to happen soon. Couple of thoughts, two names that are there. Devin drew out of Texas tech, a kid that was in Iowa Western, I think in 2019 ended up putting some good snaps together for Tech, uh, looking to, to to be added in Nebraska if he pulls the trigger anyway. And uh, as a three Tech, but can move around the line, uh, was somewhat active in a reserve role for Tech. And then of course O'Shawn Mathis makes his decision. Uh, not sure if you've seen film on either guy or not, but just overall. Uh, what a guy like Drew can do versatility-wise if Nebraska's able to get him. And then uh, with Mathis, uh, that'd be big, Kaz, for Nebraska to not only get a uh, a guy that can come off the edge, but to, to beat Texas out for an in-state kid. Well, yeah, I mean, right now you need bodies. I mean, you know, most importantly, you got to – obviously you want talented as, mm-hmm. as talented of guy you can get, but you also you need some people you can – you can work with, you got to get some bodies because you're going to need depth in that conference. And so, yeah, I mean, you shoot, you shoot for the moon, but I mean, you better have more than two guys, um, you know, on your, uh, on your wish list, man. So, I mean, if I, if I had a recruiting, if I had Aaron Carney there, I know he's at Notre Dame now, but I mean, I'd be scouring, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be scouring. But once again, it's not fair. But, hey, you know, it's the rule. I'd be looking at the MAC team. I'd be all over the country trying to find me some dudes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously you want to get these guys the best you can. I mean, Schmitty, I'm sorry, but I got a little bit more in a life than watching Nebraska <laughs> potential recruits. Come on, give me a little. No, a little you're fine. Here. I, You know, I know you got your finger on the pulse of defensive linemen. Just figure you'd have yeah. it in the back pocket, brother. Uh, uh, no worries. Uh, yeah. no. <laughs> You're didn't like, a, come on now, I'm busy. I got ball games to go to. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm all for, you know, highlight tapes, but I want to see some game tape too, brother. I mean, there's a lot of – it's like it's like Facebook. Highlight tapes are like Facebook. Yeah, I, Nobody's freaking putting a picture of themselves after seven beers in a, in a rack of ribs with their shirt off, right? And, then, you know, it's after a workout. You know, you got the angle. You got spray tan. Come on, Smitty. I've you, seen those pictures of you. you. You've got, you've got, uh, you've got the filter. Down. You've got the filter going, man. You've got the filter going. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm way prettier uh, when someone yeah, else so is taking the picture. Well, yeah, there's a lot more. There's a lot more times of guys getting blocked uh, in games than they are getting sacks. That's for sure. But you, you throw a highlight tape, and you think the guys get the sack on every third down. So um, you know, but yeah, it is what it is. I mean, you just you got to get bodies. They got to get guys. That's the most important thing right now. Obviously, you want to get the best guys, but you got to get some guys because at, at the worst, <laughs> like I, <laughs> you know. I had a you know, when I was when I was coaching pretty car, hard. And I, I got this from Coach Holt. Coach Holt, we were we were in the spring and it was a tough spring. And Ronaldo Wynn was across from me, and he was a first round draft pick. And he stopped practice the one time, and I I bobbled the snap. I didn't get the snap to the quarterback, so he stopped practice and he put his hands around my face mask like in an embracing way, and he says, "Look here." He called me Rich, even though my name's that, – that was his way of insulting you by kind of getting your name wrong. And he says, hey, look here, Rich. He goes, he goes we all know you're not going to block anybody. He goes, but we got really, really good backs that can make your, make your man miss. He goes, just get the ball to the quarterback and so he can hand it off. So, so I kind of took that with some D linemen that weren't performing very well. And I said, at, at worst, guys. Just make them go around you. So, you know, (laughs) Nebraska needs to get enough guys that where people have to go around them so the Calvary can catch up to them. So, you know, obviously you want talented, athletic, powerful guys, but guess what? Alabama's in the portal. Clemson's in the portal. Georgia, everybody's in the portal. Mm -hmm. So that's the hard part. It's really no different than recruiting a top high school kid right now Mm -hmm. because everybody – D linemen are gold. They're at a they're at a premium, man. So that's 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 the hard part. So there may be some guys in the portal, but everybody knows about them. But you know, so you know, get guys that that uh, there's plenty of good football players that Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, and all those other guys aren't recruiting that are in the portal. I could promise you. So um, you know, if I'm Nebraska right now, man, give me a big long 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 list of dudes where I can start watching tape. Because uh, rarely, 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 rarely do you get the top two guys you want. Gaz, last thought, Bud Rick Kaczynski with us. So, how soon to uh, until you make an appearance on the Bo Pelini pod? Well, we've been talking about it. Um, you know, you know, we're trying to come up with some subjects, you know, and stuff like that. And I mean, we we talk about it. So, I'll be 
I don't know if I'll be on, but I'll be a contributor. You know, I'll be, sure. you know, you'll see my name in the credits, I think. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, if, I, if, if I'm on, I'll be controversial. You know that. No, that's fine, anyway, man. Oh, I'm not coaching ever again. <laughs> you, know, you just look out. I got, I'll have some good stuff for some uh, media guys up in Omaha. Man. They never played football. They never played sports before. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be airing my opinions out on them guys. So I look forward to it. What do I got to lose, right? <laughs> so uh... <laughs> keep your favorite Lincoln uh, Radio guy out of things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm a, oh, I'll get after a few Lincoln Radio guys too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Well, I, I will make sure I uh, I, I, I dodge. Uh, there we go. Well, just keep 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 sending me rye whiskey. We're okay. We're okay. It's like the, my payoff. Right? The, the payment is there. Keep paying for protection, right? There, yeah. You know what? You, I have no choice. So yeah, I love it. Kaz, be good, brother. This was fun. Hope you're doing well. And thanks for a few minutes today. All right, brother. Thanks for having me, man. Appreciate it. Tuesday with Kaz, Rick Kaczynski, the uh, full sit-down will be posted, ESPNLincoln.com, and uh, SoundCloud going up here, and we've spent a lot of time, I don't want to look at it as rehashing the close and uh, 2022 versus 2021, but we're, we're still on the Nebraska football topic, and it's uh, it kind of coincides with our sit down with Mitch Sherman, and and that is the state of the Nebraska football program. So, kind of a theme centered show today on you know where Nebraska can jump, what some of the uh, anonymous coaches in the Big Ten think and see in Nebraska, and what Kaz was saying from a coaching perspective, not only with the NFL draft out there, but also you know what what's the accumulation. Of, of why you, you lose a close game. Well, recap, better call Saul on the way. Uh, some stinging words from Bob Stoops, the Souter legend and former head coach, making comments about Lincoln Riley. You had Stoops address Lincoln Riley's abrupt departure. And listen, you have kids jumping into the portal, right? Left and right. What's uh, how, how great is that grass elsewhere and how much am I going to get? Well, Lincoln Riley is a perfect example of someone jumping ship at a winning program. Coaches are looking out for themselves and kids should be able to do the same if they lose a coach. I think that's that's fair. If you've got some continuity, uh, I'm more in favor of, of a parameter being you got to Give it a couple of years before you earn that free pass. Maybe that'll be some parameters, but what do I know? So, with uh, Lincoln Riley's abrupt departure, uh, you had Bob Stoops talking Tuesday uh, when it comes to uh, his service to the state of Oklahoma legislature. He just reminded that, you know what, Lincoln Riley did not invent football in Oklahoma. So, a little shot there. Mike say James, better call Saul next. Yeah. 
Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcast is part of what we do at Hale Varsity. Hey, it's Chris Schmidt with Hale Varsity Radio, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe and enter in the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com backslash subscribe, promo code GBR. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back with you winding down a Tuesday. Big thank to Rick Kaczynski and Mitch Sherman tomorrow on the show. Uh, Damian Daniels, as he gets ready for the NFL draft, Jason Peter will join us. And uh, Mike Babcock, I haven't asked Babbers yet. I just hope he says yes. Let's say hi to Mike. Say, James, he is a better call Saul aficionado, as uh, we both got turned on to this show from our friend Timo that uh, we worked in radio with. Mike, it's flying by. It's already uh, come and gone three episodes in. As Let me ask you this. The character of Nacho, my friend, where does he rank when it comes to Breaking Bad, Better Call, Saul characters for you and likability? Way up there. Way up there. Just last week when we were talking, I was saying he's kind of becoming the hero of this show, like the one good guy in the show. And, oh, man, God, that was horrible last night. That was That was tough to get through. That was intense as all get out. Uh, spoiler alert! So fingers in your ears. But uh, but but Nacho is the the cinematography to start the episode where uh, the 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 last scene for Nacho in in this series happened. Yeah, you, you have a beautiful blue desert, uh, blue uh, blue desert rose. I mean, it was really. I'm like, whoa! What are they focusing in on here? What are they foreshadowing? And, you know, how how good was Nacho evading the twins from the cartel? Oh, God. How cool was it to see him, you know, put the fear of God into a cartel lieutenant's life? And, and yeah. then for him, you want to talk about honor among thieves. Nacho's the one guy that, that like, was kind of torn with with this lifestyle out of everybody everyone turns to to breaking bad at some point in this better call Saul slash breaking bad mesh point well uh, nachos a guy that always seemed to have a bit of a conscience now remind me of this and and i didn't go back and rewind i've seen about every season i've seen every season but i don't recall it like i do breaking bad so was nacho just inherited where 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 did he come from well, originally he was with Tuco in the yes. first season, I think it was, um, when Saul had those. You remember the skateboard guys who used to fake injuries and, yes. and yeah. sucker people out of a few hundred bucks? Well, they did that to Tuco's mom, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, so they ended up, yeah, they ended up out in the desert with Saul and uh, some guns pointed at their heads. And, uh, yeah, uh, Nacho is in that scene. Nacho is Tuco's uh, number one man, okay. I think. Well, it, and it, as big a scumbag as, as Tuco turns out to be, and even Lalo, you had Mike, 
Ermin Trout set up with, uh, you know, a sniper rifle, I just thought, oh, Uncle Mike might go to town. <laughs> Get rid yeah, of all of yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, God, oh, man. And that that last scene with uh, what he said to Hector. Yeah, that was God, great. Jaw dropping. Yeah. Yeah, we can't repeat for airplay on that one. But, no, think about having a moment and it might be your final moment to get off your chest, which you need to get off. What's hilarious is the twins pick up Hector in his chair and carry him over. The guy's a stroke victim and he somehow finds a way to, to unload a clip in, yeah, a, in, a, yeah. in a dead body. <laughs> he, he emptied it. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. That was, that that was twisted. That was so wrong and twisted. We're recapping episode three, better call Saul rock in a hard place. Mike St. James uh, is a uh, better call Saul aficionado. I will ask you better to be a rat or a friend of the cartel. Wow. I, that, that is Tim at probably her her worst you know she's she's going bad um yeah i and and yeah i would rather be a friend of the cartel i think anybody who watches a lot of crime movies you don't (laughs) want to be a rat that's the last thing you want to be no you're gonna die either way but at least uh, die with some partying under your belt if you're a friend of the cartel i think that's how you go about it yeah so you kind of have to put Put your morals aside, but... Yeah, right. Uh, so the, the moral of the story is don't be a friend of the cartel or a rat. But if you're... Yeah, don't uh, start. Yeah, once you start being a friend of the cartel, you're you're kind of stuck with that. It's but, over. Yeah, just, yeah the, don't get in there in the first place. Mike, okay, as, as, go ahead. As we pay our respects to Nacho, put yourself in, in, in this guy's shoes. This actor, you're, you see that you're going to go, mm-hmm. but you get one last episode... That's all about you, and it's a fantastic episode, and it ends, like, on that note. That's pretty cool. You leave them wanting more, Mike. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the uh, the old power rating for Nacho when it comes to the long list of crazy characters is up there. As we know how Breaking Bad shook out, that, that Mike got shot in the gut by Walter White, right? You realize that oh, was so we can we can we are we can spoil Breaking Bad. And yeah, we I mean if you spoil. haven't watched, it's almost ten years old. If you haven't watched it, that's yeah. your fault. Um, <laughs> there you go. But the point is, is this, you know, you feel better about Gus getting whacked, but man, uh, it should have happened sooner to Hector because he's he's evil, and and now well, we have you know. this next episode. What 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 happens next? I don't know. Well, this this reminded me. Nacho going down like this in a blaze of glory kind of reminded me of Hector's death. Hector got his ultimate revenge when he died. That's true. That yep. was fantastic. And you kind of, as evil as he was and how he started this thing with Gus, you kind of felt horrible for him at, because Gus was Gus was so cruel to him, you know. Mm-hmm. So. And that's one of the great things about this show. Two guys who have just this horrible hatred of each other, you can understand both of them. You can, but but Hector started it because he offed Gus's boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, did you see, you got about a minute left here, Mike St. James, we're recapping Better Call Saul, Episode 3. 
I DVR'd at Junior Ed Baseball last night, and then I, I got home and I got to watch it. So on my my DVR, my YouTube TV, <laughs> they're putting together uh, uh, you know the American Greed episodes. No. Okay, American Greed. You'll see it on some channel, right? You know what I'm talking about—the show American Greed, where they find. I have not. Well, Google American. I haven't seen it. Okay, well, American Greed's uh, like a, a, an hour show on some person in America that gets rich and then goes sideways. Well, they've got an episode narrated by Stacy Keach, and it's it's <laughs> ten minutes about Saul and Kim. <laughs> they they turn it into a to an American Greed episode. It's crazy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you'll have to to jump on YouTube and see if you can find it. Like what you hear. High-quality radio and podcasts are just part of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor, and I wanted to offer listeners of the Hale Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you, for less than $20, can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe, promo code GBR. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, be sure to get the podcast, subscribe to us, Hey Old Varsity Radio. Give us a rating, good, bad, or ugly. We'll take the feedback, love your takes, and input on things. So please subscribe, tell us what you think. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and of course the family of Heard at Media podcasts, over 60 to choose from. Be sure to check out Aaron Sorensen's podcast, of course Greg Smith, Straight Up Breakdown, Uh, Brandon Vogel, the I-80 preview. Uh, Of course, Jacob Padilla, he does one uh, with a couple of different folks. Damon Benning, of course, and and Jacob together. Check that out. Chick and Nick, and of course, the Nick Bob podcast. So all of those to choose from. And Dr. Petey, Derek Peterson, with his podcast, the Varsity Club Pod. So uh, find one you like and enjoy uh, during each week. Somewhere hallelujah bells are sounding. A chorus is singing Mark Emmert stepping down as NCAA president, effective June 30th. Maybe this was in the works. Maybe this is a growing grumbling from folks around the college landscape because of this NIL and uh, portal that he opened the floodgates to. Because guess what? The NCAA has got to keep making tax-free money, Connor. And uh, now he's out. Isn't my problem anymore. So the question is, is who should be your new NCAA president, assuming you need one with the vacancy of president? Maybe you have uh, your power 64 jump ship and go from there. I don't know that you need a. The president hasn't done anything except collect checks for the NCAA basketball tournament. They haven't run football but their policy with the transfer portal has allowed 
Southwestern Conference type uh, open season, wild, wild west type mentality and reality for college football. Not shocked. This is more not when, not if I should say, but when Mark Emmert steps down. So uh, a quote here from Emmert, throughout my tenure, I've emphasized the need to focus on the experience and priorities of student athletes. I am extremely proud of the work the association over the last 12 years and especially pleased with the hard work and dedication of the national office staff here in Indianapolis. Emmert's decision comes at a time when a major, when major college sports are being transformed by name, image, and likeness, rights, and the transfer portal, which allows athletes to, to change schools one time without penalty. With the significant transition underway within college sports, the timing of this decision provides the association with consistent leadership during the coming months, plus the opportunity to consider what will be the future role of the president. NCAA Board of Governors, uh, that's uh, John J. DeGoya. I don't know, I've seen a lot of social media clamoring for Jay Billis to take the helm and run. He's pro-NIL. He's pro-athletes getting paid. He's also an attorney and has student-athletes in mind. But he's also old school enough. So that could work. Talk to you at four tomorrow on Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. A Huda Media Production.